Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. It's the Men's Forum. It's on Thursday. Every Thursday we have space and time given to deal with all things men-related. And what we really try to achieve here is to allow the space to be safe and for men to bring up issues that they feel are necessary and that they feel they don't uh, usually get space to deal with. And today we are going to be focusing on mental health. Mental health, because it's one of those that just people just spoof, you know, it's it's not a thing, it's a soft matter, now men don't cry and all of that. The, the truth of the matter is a lot of men are suffering and the difficulty is that unfortunately, it's difficult even for, the, for those who know that they've got a problem to speak up. They find it very hard to say, I'm not okay, even to friends, even to family. And so the question is, where would they turn to? Where would they turn to? And the problem here is that we all live together, right? So it's not a men's problem, so to speak. It's all of our problems. So it's very important for us to give space and time to deal with issues that sometimes are uncomfortable to deal with and sometimes are not very popular for people to deal with. And listen to this. Today, believe it or not, and listen very carefully, it's International Men's Day. And you know how you hear or every time men say, no, it's all about women, it's all about... No, 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 today is International Men's Day. Um, Garen uh, Giselle is the CEO of Men's Foundation. He's going to back me up on this one. Is it or is it not International Men's Day, <laughs> Garen? It is the one day of the year that we get to <laughs> acknowledge men for the positive influence. <laughs> well, listen, happy but International Men's Day. Yeah. Happy yeah. International Men's Day. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. So, okay. So I, I mean, what is the point of this yes. thing? What is the point of this International Men's Day? To be honest, it's, it's, it's ironically falls within... Uh, Within the month of November, which is the campaign that's, that's, uh, that uh, that we as the Men's Foundation manage, you know, which is shining a spotlight on men's health issues surrounding uh, the leading health issues affecting men: prostate cancer, testicular cancer, male mental health, uh, depression, and suicide prevention. And you know, I think um, I think the need for men to start uh, to start looking at themselves in a different light, given the societal shifts that's been uh, that's been happening, you know, and if you look at that the, the, the that's, that's deepened by the plea of gender equality, you know, in a traditionally male-dominated society, it's uh, set the need for a renaissance for for uh, gender liberated and independent, gender and e- equal and, and peaceful society. You know, I think I think it goes deeper than just uh, just it being a day for men to start uh, acknowledging and patting themselves in the back, but also for us to start realizing that uh, we, we need to acknowledge and accept that that issues. That, uh, that have been affecting not only our lives, but the lives of others has been far-reaching. And the societal impact has been perpetuating into a generation vicious cycle for, for boys, you know. Mm-hmm. If we look at not only health issues, but, uh, but gender-based violence is becoming, you know, increasingly focused on with, uh, with the fact that, that, you know, men as perpetrators of gender-based violence need to start addressing these uh, these needs to, to being accountable to themselves and to those those around them. Yeah. I'm going to bring in uh, Dr. Franz Korb, who's a psychiatrist, to join this conversation. Dr. Uh, Franz Korb, thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, yeah. So I must admit that I also didn't know that today was International Men's <laughs> well, Day. Well, happy International Men's Day. I think I've missed out on two of the day already. <laughs> Listen, you've got about a couple of hours still to go. So, <laughs> 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 Look, um, 
your as a professional sitting where you're sitting now and the yeah. kind of patients that you're seeing i i get the feeling there must be a shift because there's a shift in all of us since we've had this pandemic yeah, what is yeah. your greatest concern right now, mental health-wise, with the patients you know, that you're seeing? I, I think the first thing we need to say is, and I, and I think it's so appropriate we talk about mental health today mm. with physical health as well, our, our previous two speakers, mm-hmm. you know, for November, because one always tends to leave mental health as this kind mm. of thing out there yeah. on a limb, on a side. Mm. But, you know, mental health and physical health is very much in the same category. As we talk about physical health, we should talk about mental health as well. And I think that applies so much more to men today to really, uh, you know, put all the prejudices aside and all the kind of preconceived ideas aside and start thinking and talking about mental health as well. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, this old kind of thing where, you know, where uh, and there's so much about it that, it's only women that get oppressed. It's only women that can express their emotions, all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. I think we should really start moving away from that. And, and men should really be, uh, I almost want to say man enough, to turn around and look at your own mental health as well. Because whether it's depression, whether it's stress, whether it's anxiety, whether it's panic attacks, whatever it is, uh, affects men just as much as it affects women. And, and I think that is so important. You know, you ask, has there been a shift this year? Mm. Maybe a little bit of a shift. Mm. I think that was one of the good things that uh, lockdown and COVID perhaps has done, mm-hmm. is forcing us uh, to, to be in lockdown and be in our homes or be in our apartments mm. and that we can actually spend time with ourselves and hopefully do some kind of introspection mm. as well. Mm. Garen, yeah. what what... what is that introspection, let's first start there, is that introspection happening? It certainly is. You know, if we look at, uh, at with the November campaign and, and, you know, having launched November in South Africa a, a number of years ago, first thing we got in to talk about prostate cancer and, and going for an annual checkup was, mm-hmm. uh, was a difficult discussion initially. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, as we progressed into, and we realized men suffering with prostate cancer were also starting to take their own lives and yeah. they had an impact on their mental health, particularly because yeah. of the side effects of, of prostate cancer, you mm-hmm. know, sexual impotence, incompetence, mm-hmm. and uh, hormone replacement therapy that strikes at the really one of the hearts of men, you know, when they start to struggle with their identity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's, we, we notice that men are starting to have these shoulder to shoulder conversations, as we call it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's the big part of us, the stigma around getting men to identify that with the term that it's okay to not be okay, mm-hmm. and also to become men of more words. And in fact, I must be honest, uh, your observation is, is, I mean, I also have, have observed the same thing. I must be honest, I think they've come a long way. I think men have come a long way. I think when you discuss prostate cancer, there isn't a frowning of, of you know, people saying, why are you talking about that? I, I'm getting the sense now that there is a, just an openness about let's deal with this issue. Um, and, and men are being really, really upfront about it, which is commendable. How do we move that same enthusiasm or at least energy and, and give them the space to also do the same with their mental health? Should we yeah, start yeah. with you, Dr. Corp? Yeah, I, I think exactly what you're saying now. I think that is the main thing, is that, you know, to talk about uh, prostate and testicular cancer, those are still physical kind of conditions. Mm-hmm. And, and in a way, it's kind of, 
kind of tangible, if I can mm, call it. Yeah, it's, it's an open real. wound, so I can see it, I can things. touch it, yeah. Yeah, but when you see, you look uh, further and you start talking about mental health, and you talk, start talking about what are you feeling, what are your emotions, what have you been going through emotionally in the last few weeks, months, how are you feeling, uh, you know, that kind of thing, then kind of means that try and kind of avoid that kind of, let's not talk about that, let's rather talk about something else. Let's talk about soccer. I think that stigma, uh, yeah, rugby, soccer, whatever it is. Yeah. I, I think that kind of stigma, unfortunately, is still, I think it is getting better, mm. but it, it, it's a very slow process. And I think that is why I can really commend the whole Movember movement, which is a, a, a worldwide movement as far as I, I, I know, I've read. And it's really a whole month of so much awareness of prostate testicular cancer. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, maybe we need more of these kind of months. I know we've got mental health months, which was last month in October. Mm-hmm. But still, you know, it's so general. It was never, ever... Uh, 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 specifically targeted at, at the male population. It was just general mental health yes. with, with everything. But uh, I think there is a movement, yeah. but I think there is a lot to do to make men aware of their emotions mm. and make it at ease. You know, this whole kind of, I don't know if it's a, a male thing, if it's a cultural thing or what it is, that men should be strong. And if there is an emotion, an emotion is not a strong feeling. Mm. I actually think it's the opposite. Mm. It takes more of a man to admit what you are feeling than to just deny it and, and, and kind of sweep it under the carpet. Okay, let's take a quick break because I want to start getting those calls in um, and maybe also the WhatsApp notes, questions Perhaps your own experiences. How are you at the moment? Do you feel that you need help? It may not be something that's happened now. Maybe it's trauma that you're dealing with from years gone by. Whatever it is. Maybe you're just not okay. Maybe you don't even know why you're not okay. 011-714-2006. The WhatsApp number is 0614-104-107. You're listening to Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. We're discussing mental health on the Men's Forum today. It's a difficult conversation. I really get that. And I promise you the whole point of this is not to judge anybody, is to give you space and time. 011-714-2006 and the WhatsApp number is 0614-104-107. We've got professionals. I promise you I'll sit back and I'll keep quiet and the professionals will be here to help you. Dr. Franz Korb is with us. He's a psychiatrist as well as Garen uh, Giselle, who is a CEO of Men's Foundation. Foundation, and they're all behind um, the Movember uh, that you know, that movement that's been around for a while. Karen, when we talk and, and want to lend support to our brothers, our uncles, our friends, and so on, male folk, how do we do it in such a way that it doesn't come across as pressure? You know, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think the most important thing, and this is backed up by November research, <clears throat> that 70% of men feel comfortable that, uh, that they're there and available to their peers or to their friends, mm-hmm. that, uh, that they can reach out and be able to be there. But only 48% of men feel that they can actually open up and talk about it. So, you know, the, the stigma surrounding it, I think, is, is one of the key issues. And I think... It's 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 been in, ingrained in us from a very young age. Mm. You know, big boys don't cry, you know. And I think that's the that's the primary stigma we need to remove. You know, I've been in a room even with my personal friends where 
if one of them had been going through a personal um, issue and facing a, 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 a mental health challenge, mm. it, it was a shame for him to raise the fact that he was seeking professional help. Mm. But in the room, there was other men that also then raised their hands and said, well, they're also seeking mental help. And, you know, and, and it, it started to create more of a comfort to, for them to realize that it's not a, they're not alone. That I think us suffering in isolation is one of the key mm. influences that's resulting in the high rates of suicide that we've seen in the country mm. at the hands of men, sadly. Mm. And, and Dr. Korba, I think that's exactly yeah. it from what I hear exactly. often is yeah. men would love to see themselves in other men. So for as long as they think they're alone, that's part of the problem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, that, that, I think that is true. And, and I see that in the practice all the time where you, you get the, the, the questions that, you know, I would rather go and see a, a male doctor or a mm, male psychiatrist. Yes, yes. And a woman would say, I feel more comfortable to speak to a female psychiatrist mm. because I think they'll understand better. Mm. And, and I think there is a, a lot of a truth in that as well, that, you know, you, you feel you can relate, you feel maybe, you know, you've got the same views and ideas, and then it's going to be much easier to open up. And I think it's also got to do with this, this whole thing, which I, I often know, pick up as a, of judgment. Mm-hmm. You know, if I open up to a woman, that will, and I think to men as well, mm-hmm. that will I be judged and say, you, you know, you shouldn't be like this or just pull yourself together or, you know, men don't get oppressed. Mm-hmm. That's that kind of thing. I think it's that fear of judgment. And, and somehow talking to another male uh, might uh, just help a little bit with that, that because we're on the same kind of a level, so there's a less kind of a, a, a possibility that I'll be judged or you'll judge me for what I am mm. or that I, I don't feel so well. Mm. Mac, you're calling us from Tabazimbi. Thank you so much for calling us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to me and your guest. How are you, Doctor? We're well, thank you. We're well. They're both listening. They're both here. Mac, go ahead. Okay. Yes, I called at the Stephen Hortis show a while back regarding my problem because of I had a problem that uh, I grew up without a father. Mm-hmm. So the space and the pain of not having a father around me was eating me inside. So I couldn't hold on to a job. I can't hold on to a relationship. Now I've been unemployed for like two years. And the pain is hitting me alone and I cannot open up to anybody. And the case of the doctor that she said about a man, they say men must not cry because of I'm currently in contact with my father. I'm telling him how I feel, but I feel like he's, he feels like I'm crazy or something. He's, he's making me feel like I, what I'm saying is not worth talking about, or I'm just seeking attention, or I'm a cry baby. I'm weak, you see. So Stephen Hortes uh, gave me the number for South African depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. So those people from South African depression and anxiety says that I must go to the nearest hospital, which is Rustenburg. Mm-hmm. But Rustenburg suggested that I cannot come there because of the demarcation. I'm far from them. The psychologist, they refused to see me. So I, I didn't know where to go. So I just like decided, no, please well, let me accept my pain. Hmm. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, please don't leave. Mac, don't leave. Stay on the line with us. Dr. Corp. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, unfortunately, I couldn't catch everything because of the line. Mm. But I, it, it, it sounds like he says that... Um, he grew up without a he father. Has, he, he grew up without a father figure. Yeah. 
and and uh, then without growing up with a father figure, he was not able to work. Was that correct? Or did that I yes. So, so obviously there's a connection there. He's made the connection yeah. that he he's yeah. you know yeah. subsequent to all of that that's happened in his life, he's at the moment unable yeah. to hold down a job. They and he's also lost a family, um, yeah. but he's depressed yeah. and he recognizes that yeah, and he's they, tried to yeah, seek help. They, they, yeah, I mean I think there are lots of issues here. There's from a medical side, obviously there can be a depression. That there, there can be because we know what, you know when we look at the causes of mental illness, of course environment, childhood, growing up, father figures, relationships, parental figures, relationships with parents, all those kind of things. Developmental history plays a big part in how you shape your your your, your psyche, and also predispose for uh, a higher risk of depression in in later life. So that certainly that kind of adverse growing up without a father figure and without that kind of modeling and leadership um, can uh, predispose to depression. Mm-hmm. I think my biggest problem in this is, is really that he's trying to get mm-hmm. help, mm-hmm. But, it, but there is no help available. Mm-hmm. That's I think the... that to me is, is just yeah. so, so terrible. Yeah. You I... know, that he's been trying to get help uh, phoning or, or yeah. going to a hospital and nobody gets back to him. I mean, that, that really puts our, what we try and do to recognize mental illness and go for help, that just throws it back another 20 years. Yeah. In fact, Karen, I was going to say exactly that, that for me, yes. someone who's gone all out to call the radio station, to call the, the call center, to go to the hospital and get back to being told, sorry, we can't help you. You're in a wrong district. Is, I mean, it's just not okay. You know, that is, that is terrible. Yeah. That should really not happen. Look, and that is... Yeah, go ahead, and, go ahead, Gary. And that is one of the issues that we... Sorry, and that is one of the issues yep. that we are facing, you know, and, and these are the programs that we're seeking to fund locally to support these men through these difficult times, you know, providing them with access to this type of treatment that's uh, that's dedicated to, particularly, you know, with, with some of the challenges we're facing with, uh, with older men, you know, having... I mean, coming through the National Defence Force, um, you know, there's a lot of men that are with mm. post-traumatic stress mm. disorder, mm. and and these these are the types of of uh, issues that are that are arising now in the discussions that I'm having, you know, uh, most days with with uh, with communities and, and with gentlemen that are that are suffering with with these types of mental health issues. Mac. Um, I'm going to put you back. We'll try and see if we Hello. cannot do better. I'm going to put you back to the producers. We are going to try and see if we can't do better than that and, and try and get you the help that you require. So we'll we'll do that yeah. in the background there. Anonymous, you're in Cape Town. Good afternoon. Hi, good afternoon. How are you guys? We well. Thank you so much for calling, Anonymous. Um, not a problem. And thank you for your radio station and for everybody that's there assisting um, the people to understand things more clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, I am a mental sufferer. I had a brother that killed himself in 2017. He hanged himself. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to that, so prior to my brother's death, life was really difficult because losing a mom, you feel not part of this world, to be honest. You feel kind of like... Yeah. Very, very inwards. Like, you don't, you don't feel comfortable allowing people in few people in for safety sakes because you don't want to be too exposed to what you're kind of dealing with because you, it's almost like you have to protect yourself because, if, you know, nobody feels like they can take care of a person that's got mental disorder and only the professionals that can because everybody has issues. So what I had to do was 
to uh, landed up in hospital twice after trying and attempting myself. Mm. Um, and I feel like I'm very protective over myself, mm. like, you know, not allowing things to come in that's going to upset how I feel to get me back to that point. But it feels almost like the depression itself is like an uphill, mm. um, you know, one day it's good, it's great, happy, the way you feel, you can't wake up and you just don't feel you mm. want to partake in, in the life. normal basic living yeah. because your life is just not so, it doesn't, it looks well on the outside, but mm. in the inside it feels like it's just, um, a mess of puzzles just laying around all over the floor. Anonymous, I'm going to take yeah. a quick break. I'm going to get the, the doctor to respond to your, your plea and your cry. Anonymous is in Cape Town. I want to just take a quick break in the meantime and go to Utile Saku at 2.30 for the latest in headlines. Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. Dr. Franz Korb is a psychiatrist, yeah. and before we went to the headlines, we were in conversation with Anonymous in Cape Town. Doc, can you assist yeah. him? Yeah, I mean, a, a few things that he mentioned. I mean, obviously, he comes from a, a very difficult background as well with his mother that passed away and that his brother that committed suicide as well. But, you know, when I just listened to him and, and I listened to that, the, the kind of symptoms he's describing, I, I don't think he said that he is on any treatment or he was taking current treatment. Anonymous, are you on treatment? Anonymous, hmm? are, are, you, are you on treatment at the moment? Yes, I admitted myself this year um, to a clinic because the, the, the suicidal ideation was coming through strong and I decided to get myself and hook myself in because previously I acted on the emotion, so I took the medication and then uh, this was a very different way. I just didn't want to die, but at the same mm-hmm. time I wanted to die, but mm-hmm. I knew that I needed to be strong to get myself to the, to the clinic um, to get help. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I was in such a dark place, um, but I had to use whatever I had left to get myself to a clinic. Though. So, so can you tell us what you're on? Uh, it's a medication called Brentilix. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm on a 5 and a 10 milligram one. How are you feeling since taking this medication? Well, the medication doesn't really just, you know, it's not a magic treatment pill, so you can't just take medication and just feel good. Yeah. Um, There's definitely counseling that goes along with it to to help and guide you um, to understand things. But it's, you know, you can get all this information and then some days the information is like null and voided to the feeling. Mm. Um, So you you try to reason with your thinking, but it's it's very difficult because every day, you don't know what to expect when you wake up. You don't know it's going to be because your mood is not consistent. Mm. Yeah. Dr. Cobb? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I think the first thing I really want to, to commend uh, Anonymous that he actually um, took himself off when he realized he had suicidal thoughts and those things were coming into his head and he wasn't feeling well, that he did take himself off to a clinic to be admitted to start the treatment process. I think, you know, if we can get everybody to do that, that will be so great. So that is the first thing I really want to highlight, mm. that he managed to do that before it actually got to a suicide attempt. Mm. So that is really the first thing I think we need to, to, to stress. Yeah. You know, then when we look at the management of, of any mental illness, and it sounds like from his description that he's got depression, yeah. because the brentelix that he's on is an antidepressant. 
And, and exactly what he said is that uh, medication is not a magic bullet. Absolutely not. You know, medication will not make you feel happy irrespective of what is going on. So uh, the first thing is that when you do take antidepressant medication, you know, in South Africa at the moment, there are I think, over 90 different antidepressants on the market. There's just so many, and all of them work slightly differently. So one should always make sure you always start with uh, the most when you do an examination, uh, a psychiatric examination. You try and get them on the correct one from the beginning, but that is really not so easy because there's not clear guidelines about that. So, um, you know, one should start an antidepressant and then see how the person responds and give it time. Mm. You know, nothing works overnight. One gives, has to give it a little bit of time to work. And, you know, if one antidepressant doesn't work, one can increase the dose, one can change it to another one, we can start using combinations. So there are all kinds of things that we can do to try and really, really get the person better from a medication, from a medical point of view. I think the other thing we need to remember, and he mentioned it slightly, and that is really the kind of psychological part. You know, there's a big part that that psychologists do. We as psychiatrists treat with medication. Mm, mm -hmm. But then there are the psychologists as well. And psychologists are really so well equipped to then look at your circumstances, to look at your coping skills, to look at your personality, to look at your, your childhood and the adverse problems you had in, in growing up, and then help you to deal with that as well, both past and then current problems. You know, your, your main problem is, is that you, you can't cope with stress. They can teach you uh, coping skills. Psychologists can do that. Mm. If you've got problems with maintaining, and everybody needs... Uh, uh, a supportive understanding relationship. If you've got a personality problem that you can't form supportive pers- uh, uh, relationships, psychologists can help you with that. So one really needs to, and, and hopefully when he was in the clinic, he saw a psychologist and a psychiatrist yeah. so- that like started it, yeah. that process, that yeah. started that process, and hopefully he is following up. And if new things happen in life and things happen in life, you know, he needs to go back and follow up again if his communication is not working properly, go back to the psychiatrist and assume that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that is the whole process um, that we need to look at. Mm-hmm. Let's take a voice note and then we'll be back with more of your calls. I do see them. Yo, uh, Pamela, um, I think I do relate um, with the caller, Mac. On my side, um, I do not know my dad neither do i know his family so i i do not have a contact at all and it's it's it, it hasn't been an, an easy journey but obviously it starts with you once you just acknowledge that you know what this is a challenge for me and and obviously you do the necessary things to 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 seek a professional help but yeah i'd like to congratulate him you know for for that acknowledge uh, alone it's, it's it's a step ahead and yeah, I really hope he, he finds uh, closure and he gets the necessary help that he, he, he needs. Thanks, Pamela. I'm in Jamestown. Hi, Pamela. I would like to remain anonymous. My brother committed suicide 12 years ago. Growing up, we always dismissed him as very sensitive, as very moody, as very touchy. So the best thing we did was just avoid him. And little did we know that he was depressed. And he was very successful. 
uh, a university lecturer. He had just bought his house. He was married, had two lovely kids. Everything looked fine from the, uh, from the outside. Little did we know that he was suffering. One day he just woke up and guessed himself in his car. So, yeah, men suffer in silence. And since then, I'm keeping an eye on all my male family members because we always dismiss them as being aggressive, as being moody, as being sensitive, and we just avoid them when all they need is our help. Thanks. Bye. Karen, do you want to comment on that? Those were really quite... Um quite strong and um you know quite a quite difficult to listen to garen no certainly i think um you know i think yes yes i'm here can you hear yes now we can go ahead maybe okay garen's line i think is just giving us some trouble dr corp i'll hand over to you yeah sure there there is just so much which these two two callers just uh, mentioned here um, and and, and uh, I think the main thing that, that I take from this is that what our last caller said is that please don't ignore, don't just put aside, please don't just uh, ignore things. And I think that is one of the, the main things that if a person becomes depressed, if a person becomes feels that something is going wrong in your mind, in your thoughts, in your emotions and things, the, the last thing you want is then to be pushed aside and ignored. And, and, and I think that, that is one of the things we try and, 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 and highlight whenever we give talks and we ever talk to the, or whenever we talk to the public is please note. And that is how we know. If you've got a, a husband in the home, if you've got a brother in the home or whatever, and you notice a change in how that person feels, a change in how that person behaves, if they are becoming more withdrawn, if they don't go out anymore, if they don't talk so much anymore, if they start losing interest in their hobbies or sports or watching TV or sitting with a family, you know, any change is a kind of a, a red flag that something might not be right. Mm. And the last thing we will do is, is to ignore that person mm. because you, you kind of then say, you know, maybe we see you've got problems, but, you know, we don't involve us. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't bother us with your problems. Mm-hmm. So that is the kind of thoughts that goes through a person uh, when, when they're in that kind of state. And all of a sudden, people just ignore it. Yeah. So, so I think that is the message. I, if we can get that across, is that please, if anybody needs to talk, if you see anything, open up the doors, open up the opportunity for that person to start expressing themselves and talk, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a family member, a sister, a mother, a father can't uh, heal the problem. Mm. But at least if they listen and they can recognize the problem, they can get that person to the right doctor, the right psychiatrist, uh, psychologist, whatever. Let's go to Makosonke, who is calling us from Soweto. Thank you so much for your patience, Makosonke. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Timelo. How are you? Well, we well, thank you. Thank you, Makosonke. Greetings to your um, to your guest there mm-hmm. and the listeners. Uh, I actually um, tried to commit suicide three times. 
Uh, I tried twice as a young, as a, as, as a teen, teenager. Mm-hmm. And then I, the last time I tried, it was in 2005. Um, and, and, and with that experience, uh, in 2005, I slept in the hospital. I think I woke up after three days. That's how bad it was. So now what they've done is they've referred me to a psychologist. And I must admit, I mean, the things that, I mean, I was committed to attend to those sessions because I didn't want to commit suicide again. It's not that I committed suicide because I wanted to commit suicide. I was just emotionally out of control, mm-hmm. you know. And, and yeah, like you just become in a state where sort of like you are possessed or something, you know, mm-hmm. when you end up doing that. It's not, you don't woke up and, and, and really do something like that. So I was really committed in, into those sessions. Look, one thing I've learned is that those sessions, um, they, they were helpful, but they didn't eradicate the problem. Mm-hmm. Now, what has then happened is I, I, I attended a church, mm-hmm. I think, early in 2000, mm-hmm. um, um, Grace Bible Church in Pinville. I attended there, and then, and, and also, I also studied and understand why did I do all the things that I did. And I also discovered that the, uh, the Bible does speak about psychology, you know, mm-hmm. because now I had to study, I had to understand psychology, uh, like, like how the psycho of a person works, and, you know, your, your guests there, they have mentioned mind, will, and emotions, and I had to master those things. And uh, the other intervention that I actually had was, um, well, studying psychology was just informally so, because I had to understand what was going on, you know, mm-hmm. so that I can help other people as well. And then the other intervention that I had, um, the soccer legend, Lucas Kadev, mm-hmm. also took keen interest in, in, in coaching me mentally. Mm-hmm. I think he was seeing that, and um, he spent a lot of time with me, you know, with, which also actually assisted me, because... I remember that um, uh, whenever you would be around, I'll be in a better space. But normally when it's overseas, I would battle a little bit uh, mentally, you know. Mm. So, so, so intervention, they're very, very, very important. In actual, right now, I'm busy engaging some guys that we should come up with programs that actually can, um, um, we can identify, we can engage on what causes these challenges you know, and people understand what causes them and, and the solutions thereof, you know. Um, um, yeah, but, but intervention is very key. If there's no intervention, I wouldn't be alive today. Wow. I can tell you that. Well, yeah. we celebrate so, so, you being alive. I mean, that's a big thing. Um, <laughs> yes. No, yes, definitely. I do celebrate the fact that I'm alive. And not only alive, female. Yeah. I'm actually in a better space. Oh, wow. You know, I'm in control. Uh, uh, I mean, right now I'm married. Yes. And and guess what? Yes. My wife didn't even experience that. Uh, that she doesn't even experience that emotional out of control oh, wow. that I used to be because mm-hmm. I lost relationships. I had very bad relationships with, with people that 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 I had relationship with. Mm-hmm. But with my wife, I'm not saying things are perfect, mm-hmm. but I'm so in control mm-hmm. in, in in the sense that we have conflicts that are not out of control. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not conflicts like when people are married mm-hmm. and they're different and mm-hmm. they would disagree and all those things. Mm-hmm. But that I like the fact that I'm in control of, oh, wow. of, of not busting out with, 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 with emotions and, and, and being out of control at another day. So, yes, yes. I mean, It's a wonderful th- call. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's so encouraging. <laughs> Thank you. Thank no, you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for that. I'm going to quickly um, go back to the other calls. Uh, there are so many people waiting before I come back to you, uh, Garen and, and Dr. Corp. Lesedi, you're yeah. calling us from Guruman. Hi. Uh, 
Hello, how are you? I'm well, thanks. Go ahead, Lucidi. Uh, Hello, Lucidi. Okay, I'm, I'm Hi. Uh, like I said, uh, my name Oh, okay, we've lost Lucidi there for a minute. Anonymous, you calling from Tata. Hi. Hi, hi, Pamela, and good day to um, your guests as well and the listeners. Hi. Um, I, apologies to Anonymous, they got cut off quite badly. <laughs> it's okay. Um, Pamela, I would like to just also, be, before I begin, you know, to sort of sort of set the tone uh, and plead with uh, us men that... Uh, we really must go out there and, and seek help when we take notice that yeah. our mental health has been affected. Mm. We, we, we must not suffer in silence and we must stop this thing of uh, that, uh, this notion that men are strong and men don't speak because it, it really destroys us as men. Yeah. And uh, one other thing I would like to say, I would like to put myself as an example. I grew up... Uh, in, in, in a relationship where my father was very abusive. Uh, he was abusive towards my siblings, my, my sister, my young sister, me and my mother, uh, especially towards my mother. He would hit my mother on an everyday basis. Mm. And as a child, witnessing all those actions is quite traumatic. Mm. I, I uh, up to a point when I was 25 years of age, I enrolled at tertiary. And when I was at tertiary, I realized that there's um, uh, there's all the, there's there's a, a psychologist there, a facility that is willing to assist students with all their uh, psychological needs. Mm-hmm. I, I told myself that no, the, these people, I think they can help me, mm-hmm. because uh, you know, through throughout watching TV and listening to radio, you get to see stories whereby you see someone. They say that someone is an abuser. And then when they articulate their history, you find that they, they grew up with an abuser. Mm. So uh, the, one of the reasons that sent me to the psychologist was that, yes, yes I don't want to grow up being like my father to, mm. to mm. beat up my wife and my kids. Mm. I've seen the thing on TV. So let me go to this psychologist. I went to a psychologist at school. Luckily enough, it was available, the facility. And I told the, the lady, it was a Miss Naidu at that time. Mm. And I told her my stories. And, you know, she, she cried. She she actually laid my life in a board. She had a white board there. Mm. And she told me that, you know, looking at this picture, you only had five years. I was 25 at that time. Mm. You only had five years of joy mm. in your life. The other 20 years were just life of abuse. Sure. And she was so glad that I had realized that this is going to affect me in the long run. And at 25, I had the ability to mm. swallow and get out of myself and go to a psychologist and seek for help. Oh, so yeah, without uh, dwelling too much and getting too emotional, I would like to plead with men. And and, and and men, we, we really need to get out of ourselves, mm. you know, conquer our own pride and go out there and seek help. I know we are suffering. Men are really suffering, but we tend to keep it inside mm. and think that uh, a couple of beers here and there and a joint here and there are going to assist. But that is just temporary uh, solutions. You're going to wake up tomorrow. You're going to wake up with the same problem and you're going to end up thinking of committing things like suicide. So help is out there mm-hmm. it is really really out there. especially for people who are enrolled in institutions they can go out there sit for help there's psychologists yeah. there 
the psychiatrists there that are willing to help through the institution for free. Just go out. It's a stranger. They don't know you. You yes, don't know them. Absolutely. So you should be free to relate. That, that's one of the reasons that led me to go there. She doesn't know me, yeah. so she won't gossip about me. Yeah. Anonymous, you know, thank you. Listen to my proof. But it's fine. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you that, so much for your story. I appreciate your story so much. And I appreciate everybody that's been a part of this conversation. How time flies, Dr. Franz Korb. I'm going to have to yeah. go. We don't have much time to end this. Uh, Garen Giselle, thank you so much as well, uh, CEO of Men's Forum. We're going to have to leave it here. And we'll pick up again on this. It's really, really important. And I want to thank you for being a part of this conversation.